Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Soul Nectar Podcast. I'm your guide, Nadine Hamilton, bringing you juicy and enlightening conversations surrounding all things spirituality, sexuality, and self-love. Join me as we explore topics that inspire you to consciously create your own reality, awaken to your true potential, and infuse more pleasure into your life. Let's do this. my loves. I'm coming at you today from this little apartment that I rented on the Oaxacan coast in Mexico. And I'm staring out of my big window at the palm trees, at the ocean and the rocky cliffs and feeling really fucking grateful and really at peace in this moment. So I wanted to share a little bit of that energy with you because this is a vision and a lifestyle that I've had for a long time. So before I jump into the actual episode, I just want to send that extra encouragement that anything that you envision, anything that you desire, anything that you crave for yourself and your life is absolutely possible. It really is. So with that being said... What feels the most alive for me to talk about today is shame, mostly around sexuality. And that's because this is a conversation that I've been having a lot recently and also throughout my work as I work in sacred sexuality mostly. And it's something that has come up so much in my group program, Temple of Bloom, also in one-on-one containers that I have with clients and also just with friends and peers who are also working in this realm, this field. And of course, it's been a massive element of my own healing journey. I don't think any human on this planet can say that they have never experienced some flavor of shame at some point in their lives. So I want to start off by saying that our brains and our minds are far more adaptable and malleable than I think we will ever be able to fully understand. So if you've gone your entire life having this association, whether it's directly, indirectly, consciously, subconsciously, between sexuality, desire, the human body, sex itself, and a sense of shame, guilt, fear, disgust, then your brain, of course, has created that neural pathway between sexuality and bodily exploration and the associated emotion of shame, guilt, fear, etc. So, like I was just mentioning, you do have the power to rewire your brain to associate anything with any emotion. And of course, a lot of the times we don't have control over our emotions, but we can do the work of beginning to rewire that association and that neural pathway. So for example, if every time you pleasure yourself or you have some fantasy or you have this kink that you feel called to explore, If every time that happens, you automatically feel this sense of self-judgment, shame, guilt, 
then over time, more and more that is becoming imprinted into your system, right? So you're like, oh, I'm feeling turned on or I have this desire or I'm exploring my sexuality. And then automatically you feel that sense of shame. First of all, before I continue, I want to emphasize the importance of not shaming yourself for the shame or judging yourself for the self-judgment. Because as I've mentioned before on this podcast and on social media, your healing journey, your awakening journey, your empowerment journey is so much less about what you achieve, what you can or can't do, what you check off the list. And it has so much more to do with the way in which you can hold and love yourself throughout this journey and throughout this process. That is the biggest indicator of your healing and transformation. Going back to that example of, let's say, you self-pleasure yourself and during that experience or afterwards, you feel this sense of shame. First of all, definitely allow yourself as much as you're able to to feel those emotions. Allow yourself to lean into them and to be with them. And if you're someone who has a history of trauma, that might be a little too overwhelming for you or triggering or activating. So in that case, I would really recommend seeing a professional, seeing a sexuality coach or someone who can hold you through that process. But as much as you're able to be very gentle and just slowly lean in as much as you're currently able to tolerate, okay? So feel that shame, feel that guilt, feel that contraction. Notice the intricacies of how it feels in your own body. Notice the emotion flowing through you. Notice how that energy feels. And maybe you're new to feeling energy and emotion. So even if it's subtle, just being with it, allowing yourself to feel it, not bypassing it, and even noticing if you can sense or identify pleasure within that discomfort or contraction or shame or whatever the emotion or sensation is. So noticing if you can allow yourself internally to have enough spaciousness for all of these different emotions and experiences to coexist. Sometimes we think that, oh, we have to be completely quote unquote fixed or healed or perfect in order to then be able to be orgasmic, experience pleasure, feel like we're empowered and alive and juicy. But if that were the case, then, then that would never happen because those emotions are never going away. They can get subtler and we can change our relationship to them. But as a human, they're always going to continue to come up. So going back to the example, feeling the shame, feeling the emotion, feeling the contraction or discomfort in your body, allowing it to be here and noticing if at the same time you can identify pleasure. And if you can't identify pleasure, see if you can call in pleasure. You can do this through breath. So breathing and expanding pleasure through your body as you call it in, maybe swirling your hips and adding some movement. Um, movement is super helpful when you're trying to expand a certain sensation or emotion through your body. So using the breath, using movement, also using sound. So releasing any tension in your throat and in your jaw and seeing what sounds naturally want to come out of you without 
editing yourself, without judging yourself or limiting yourself in any way. Really allowing your body to take over and to take the reins and to do what it naturally wants to do. So using the sound, using movement, using the breath, and also just your focus and awareness. So as you're calling in this pleasure, when you're also feeling the shame, the guilt, the discomfort, using your awareness to identify where you're feeling these different sensations in your body. And if you're someone who's gone a really long time feeling disconnected from your body, be patient with yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. This might be um, this might require patience and it might take some time to be able to resensitize yourself. So if you're unable to feel any pleasure or energy, then can you be with the sensation of numbness? Can you be with the sensation of stillness? And what all of this has to do with healing your shame around sexuality is again, it's not about eradicating the emotion of shame from your life. That is so unrealistic, okay? It's just, it's gonna keep coming up. What this process is teaching you is that shame is not the end of the world. Shame is not the enemy. In fact, you can befriend it and you can even alchemize it into something that feels pleasurable even, you know? You can get off from it. It really is possible to do that. And then shame and fear and guilt are no longer running your life and are no longer in the driver's seat of your decision-making. Rather, when these emotions come up, you're like, oh, shame. Hey, old friend, I know you. You're familiar. <laughs> Let's keep going. You're not in charge of my life anymore, but I still welcome you here as a something that I'm experiencing through me. So it's releasing your attachment to the emotion and your identification with it. And again, like imprinting into your system this felt lived experience of inner spaciousness where all of these parts get to coexist together. So shame can be here. Guilt can be here. Fear and discomfort and all of these things can be here. And I can also choose pleasure. And I can also feel my worthiness of pleasure, even as my shame is here. It does not have to be one or the other. Because if you're waiting for your shame to go away in order to feel pleasure or in order to feel worthy or in order to do the thing that you want to do or feel the way that you want to feel, then you're going to be waiting forever. That is really such a vital lesson to live and to learn. So as we're diving into this conversation about sexual shame, some other things I want to dive into is how in this colonized, patriarchal, Western world, we have this conditioning that certain things cannot coexist with professionalism or with being appropriate or with being a quote-unquote good citizen in the world or even with being intelligent, you know? So notice in yourself, maybe you experience this, maybe you don't, but if you were raised in the States or in a Western country or any country really, um, you might experience this just scrolling on social media. If you follow anyone who is um, kind of unapologetic about their sexual expression, notice 
internally what comes up for you, what judgments, what sensations, what like maybe even repulsion comes up for you. And also notice like any assumptions that you might even subconsciously be making about that person as they are just unabashedly in their pleasure, their expression, their sexual erotic rapture. And we tend to think that if someone is sensual and sexual and empowered in that way and really embodied, we're taught to associate that with someone who's like ditzy or dumb or unintelligent, unprofessional, someone who like we can't publicly support or celebrate. That's like a big no-no. And we think that in order to be a professional, you need to be like rigid. You need to be shut down from your body. You need to basically be a robot in a suit. (laughs) And yeah, just be really tense and rigid when I think that couldn't be further from the truth. Because when you embrace your sexual shame, when you're able to find the pleasure in it and get off from it, when you're able to reclaim your body, your desires, your sensuality, your expression, what does that do? It unleashes life force energy to flow through you, which allows for more vitality, more creativity, more connection to yourself, to others, to nature, to the world around you. All of these things that would inherently make you better at whatever job it is that you're doing. So what's more professional than that? And of course, I understand that we live in a world in which that way of thinking is not highly accepted. So for example, if you're working in the school system, if you're in a corporate job, I totally understand that you can't just walk into your office and sit at your cubicle like in this I don't know revealing goddess sexy attire but notice if you can create spaces within your life where you can unleash that part of you you can unleash that wild woman or wild person because it is so fucking healing and it really reconnects you to this more like ancestral, primal, just natural, unbound expression within you. And that is connected to life force, which is literally, of course, the energy of life flowing through you. And how could that not benefit and improve your life in all areas? I've also noticed a lot in my own journey and in the clients that I've worked with is like, Again, shaming ourselves for the shame. And the environment in which we grew up surrounded by, so I'm referring to your family, maybe your church, your religion, your school system, your peers, your teachers, the media, society, like all of those judgments and all of that culture is internalized into ourselves and we have these different parts of ourselves that are then created that serve as an inner critic or an inner protector in some way that ultimately they're trying to keep you safe. That's their job. So when you are triggered or activated or you're judging yourself, you're feeling shame, Notice the part of yourself specifically that is experiencing that emotion or that reaction. 
So again, noticing the sensations in your body, noticing the emotions, and more specifically, like sitting with who is this? Who is this part of me that's feeling this way? Is it my internalized father? Is it, does it look like a monster inside of me? Does it look like a knight in shining armor? Does it look like X, Y, Z? And really seeing if you can notice like, what is this part of you look like? What do they feel like? What do they sound like? Where, when, and how do they seem to be most activated? And when do they seem to show up in your life the most? And this can look like criticizing yourself. This can look like blocking yourself or holding yourself back in some way, whatever it is. So really meeting this part of yourself with love, with reverence, with acceptance, because if you come at it full force and you're like, fuck you, inner critic, I hate you, like you're holding me back, that's not helping the situation. And that's just adding more fuel to the fire because what you resist persists. The more you resist this part of you, the more strength you're giving it and the more power over your life you're giving it as well. So noticing who is this part of me and what is their role? What did they believe they're keeping me safe from? And what would they need to know or feel in order to feel safe enough to no longer feel the need to protect me in this way? And to give you a tangible example, maybe you are having a sexual experience with a lover or a partner and afterwards you notice you're having these spiraling thoughts of judgment and telling yourself, why do I always do this? This is my fault. Like, I'm such a slut, X, Y, Z. I don't even like this person. What am I doing? I'm giving my body away. Let's say that's happening and those thoughts are coming up for you. So taking a moment to breathe, to let yourself feel all those feelings, feel all those emotions. If you're able to, maybe also feel the pleasure within those emotions if that feels right for you. It's not always the time to do that, but if it feels aligned, you can do that. And then noticing like, okay, this voice in my head, where do I feel that voice coming from in my body? So feeling into that, sitting with that part of yourself and then asking, who is this? What is the root of this voice? Where did this come from? Where did I learn this? And if you're not able to specifically pinpoint it, it's okay. That's not the most important part of this process. So don't put pressure on yourself, but just feel into whatever arises and then have a conversation with it. Maybe not during this sexual experience with your lover or partner, like be in a safe space by yourself where you can fully drop in and not be disturbed. But asking it, what do you need in this moment? What do you fear in this moment? What do you need in order to feel safe? How are you trying to protect me in some way? And it's amazing to be led through this by a professional who is experienced in this, but as much as you're able to, just it can be really empowering to self-heal and to know that you have the ability to do this process on your own as well. And just becoming curious, becoming open-minded to whatever comes up and approaching this part of yourself with so much love and appreciation and reverence because it really did serve you at some point in your life. If it was a genuine danger or threat 
for you to be openly sexual in your expression at some point in your life, whether that was childhood or when you were a teenager, whenever, then this part of you played a vital role in protecting you, whether protecting you physically, protecting your reputation, protecting your relationships, protecting your connection to your family. So thanking yourself, your body, your psyche for having the intelligence to create this inner protector and then gently and compassionately letting it know that you are now at a point in your life where you are no longer in such desperate need for this inner protector to play this role. You're now at a point where it's safe to explore your sexuality. It's safe to connect to your body. It's safe to display pleasure and authentic, unleashed expression. It's safe to be intimate with another person. This is not something that's going to happen overnight. It really is a practice and an ongoing journey. So I can't emphasize enough the importance of having support and intentionally surrounding yourself with people who are celebrating you along the way and who you feel safe around to openly have these conversations and to receive support, validation, love, acceptance from people because you are not alone. If you're someone who has experienced shame, guilt, discomfort around your sexuality, I would say that the vast majority of the world has also experienced that as well, if not everyone at some point, because we live in this world that ultimately does not celebrate sexuality and it's so fascinating because we reject and suppress and demonize sexuality, especially women's sexuality. And at the same time, that just leads us to obsess over it even more and to then have very unhealthy, toxic, sometimes abusive experiences within sexuality because we're not having these conversations so for you to even take the action of listening to this podcast for you to take the action of feeling your feelings and diving right into them instead of continuing the probably intergenerational pattern and cycle of suppressing them or rejecting them for you to have the desire to explore your sexuality in a healthy and sacred way that is fucking revolutionary and that's something to be celebrated. So I honor you for tuning into this podcast in the first place and for being the person in your lineage who is here to break that cycle and who is here to pass on a torch going forward that is lit with empowerment and lit with celebration of your body because your desires are so natural. If you look around you in nature, nature is pulsing with eroticism and sexuality constantly. Whether you're looking at the bees pollinating the flowers or the breeze blowing through the leaves or the waves crashing on the rocks and you look at animals, like there is just eros and pure sexual life force, creative energy pulsing through this world that we live in. So for us to be taught that that is something to be ashamed of is also simultaneously teaching you to repress the core essence of who you are and the core essence of your most natural, authentic expression. 
you are so fucking worthy of pleasure and of having intimacy with yourself and with others that feels really nourishing and soulful and beautiful and empowering and healing and all of the things. If you can't tell, I really love adjectives. <laughs> it's kind of a thing for me. Um, and I also want to add that there is this purity myth that is so present in Western culture and in like um, religion and the church. And it's telling us that if we have sex, if we own our wildest desires, if we want to explore our kinks, if we want to follow the natural instincts of our primal bodies, that that somehow makes us dirty, it makes us impure, it makes us stained or tainted or unlovable or unworthy. Um, it, we're no longer marriage material. If, for example, I remember growing up, the term was body count. People would say, what's your body count? Which means how many people have you slept with? And then people would then make an assumption or a judgment or categorize you depending on what that number was. But it is such bullshit. It really is. Like, on one hand, I really believe that sexuality is so sacred. And to me, it's a deeply spiritual experience. It's powerful. It's healing. And at the same time, you are not any less worthy or spiritual if you are at a chapter of your life where you're having fun you're exploring your sexuality with different partners you're exploring your sexuality with yourself like that could not be farther from the truth that that somehow like taints who you are as a person or how desirable you are as a future partner it really is not true there is different phases and stages that you go through on your own sexual exploration, sexual development journey. And each of those phases holds medicine and teachings and is here to be honored. And those phases look very different for different people, but acknowledge what phase of your sexual development are you in. Maybe you're in this needed phase where you're exploring and you're rebelling and you're just going crazy and having fun and that's where you are so honor it own it claim it and it doesn't make you any more or less sacred than someone who is fully devotional in a monogamous relationship and only diving into that partner like just be intentional about it. Be conscious about it. Know where you're at and make sure that whatever you're doing within the specific phase that you're currently in is coming from a place of honoring your truth and not coming from a place of what you should be doing or obligation or um, ignoring your boundaries, ignoring what you truly desire. Really honor that. So if you're in a place where you are seeking devotional committed partnership but partners or potential partners are coming into your life who are emotionally unavailable or you can tell they're playing games they're sleeping around and that's not something that you want but if you have this scarcity mindset and you're like oh well maybe this is as good as it's gonna get maybe 
nothing better will come into my life. Maybe I can change them. Maybe they'll turn around. Maybe I convince I can convince them into being in a committed relationship with me. Don't do that. <laughs> like really get so clear on what it is you desire at this phase in your life and be relentless about what you allow into your field based on that desire. Because if you're letting in people and partners and situations, experiences that are not aligned with what it is that you desire, you're not allowing the spaciousness in your life for what it is that you do desire to then be welcomed into your life. So if you're focusing your energy and attention on this person who is emotionally unavailable and is playing games and is not really fully committed to you and you're someone who's seeking commitment, really allow yourself to love yourself, honor yourself, worship yourself, and feel worthy enough to cut off that relationship and to own the fact that you are so fucking worthy of whatever it is that your heart desires. And that not only are you worthy of it, but the fact that you desire it means that it's for you. It's happening for you. It's coming for you. If you set up your life to have the spaciousness to actually welcome that into your reality. All right. I think that's all I have for today. But, oh, actually, I want to leave you with some practices and takeaways that you can start to do. So some of this is going to be a review of what I already went over in this episode. But the first one is, if you've ever heard of the book Existential Kink, then you'll be familiar with this practice. But what I was referring to earlier is feeling your shame, feeling your shadows, feeling your heavier, like seemingly uglier or darker emotions. And then seeing how much you can also recognize or call in the pleasure within that. See if you can feel the part of yourself that is getting off from your victimhood or getting off from your shame and imprinting in your body that it's safe to feel shame and that I'm big enough to hold it all. It doesn't have to take over my life. I don't have to operate from shame all the time and make decisions from that place. So that's number one. The next one is if you've heard of somatic experiencing, I also went into that in this episode, but like allowing your body to physically move through your emotions and your experiences. So as much as you're able to dropping out of the mind, dropping into your body and really allowing your body to naturally and authentically express that shame or that emotion through you. So that can be movement, that can be sound, that can be breathing, maybe sticking out your tongue, maybe shaking, jumping, punching a pillow, just fully dropping out of any self-censorship or self-judgment and allowing your body to take the reins. That is such a powerful healing practice and a powerful way to move these stagnant energies and emotions through your body. And also allowing your primal body to have the space to do have its own process and complete unfinished cycles that may have been stuck in your body for years. Okay, the next practice or recommendation that I want to give you is to gently and compassionately lean into your edges as much as you can. If you're someone who has experienced trauma, maybe work with 
a professional or a practitioner who can guide you through this. But when you're feeling that shame, lean into it. See if you like if you have an instinct to avoid it or to run away, allow yourself to feel that instinct and also notice how much can I lean into it? How much can I feel it? How much can I be with it and just observe it and witness it in myself? And by doing this, you're proving to your brain that it's safe to feel that emotion. You're able to survive it and it doesn't have to take over your whole life. And finally, my last recommendation is to create sacred intentional spaces for you to explore your desires and your pleasure. If it feels safer for you to do this alone as a solo practice, I I would actually recommend doing it solo first before bringing it into partnership or relations with someone else. But create a container and that can be done through um, making a playlist that lasts a certain amount of minutes or you can set a timer so that you have this contained space where you're going to explore your body, your desires, your pleasure, and really set the space, make it beautiful, whether that's lighting candles or incense, turning on some sensual music, um, wearing beautiful lingerie, like whatever makes you feel safe and makes you feel connected to this sensual, desire-driven part of yourself. Make it a practice and even put it on your calendar Because if you create the space and the dedicated time to do this, it's much more more likely to happen. Even if it's for 10 to 15 minutes once a week or five minutes, as long as you like set that time for yourself, that's enough. So explore your desires, explore your body in new ways. Maybe you have this go-to way of touching yourself that you've been doing the same exact way since childhood or since you were a teenager, which is honestly the case for most people. And see if you could not just go to that go-to method. Notice if you can explore pleasure and sensation and desire in other ways. And honor, it can also just be a space that you create for you to feel what's alive and present and here within you at this moment and meeting that need. So if the shame or the guilt arises, let it be here too. Continue to explore your pleasures as that shame is here, or you can even practice containment, which is this method of recognizing it and honoring it and gently putting it aside for the moment. So you can symbolically do that by using your hands to motion that you're putting it to the side. You can do a visualization of putting it away and letting it know that it can come back later. But for right now in this space, this is the time for pleasure and desire. Mm. I hope you got something out of this episode. I really am passionate about this topic so I could keep going forever. But that is why I created an entire program all around sacred sexuality and all around exploring these different parts of yourselves and all of these emotions and pieces of you that come into play when we are healing the area of our life that tends to be this triggering and mysterious and taboo and misunderstood as our sexuality. So The next round of my sacred sexuality program, which is called Temple of Bloom, begins the last week of March 2022. 
So on the date when this episode is released, applications are still open for a few more days. And I would love to have you in there. This is the second round of this program. And the testimonials that I received from the first round are mind-blowing and just make me beyond grateful to be doing this work. Like the members from round one have felt like they've really unlocked and tapped into their unique flavor of femininity. They feel more connected to their bodies and sensuality. They're having more full-bodied and expansive experiences of orgasm and pleasure. They're magnetizing their dream dates that they've been going on. They feel worthy. They're speaking up for themselves and their relationships within their families, within the workplace, within their partnership. So the results speak for themselves. I'm so fucking passionate about this program and about this work. I'm going to leave the link to that experience in the show notes of this podcast. And if you have any questions and if you apply in time, You can set up a complimentary discovery call and you can also reach out to me via email or DM me on Instagram for more information. Okay, I'm sending so, so, so much love to you from sunny Mexico. And again, I honor you for being on this path. Hi again, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and that it helped to expand your consciousness and perspective in some way. If you liked what you heard or just want to show some love, it would mean the absolute world if you ranked and reviewed the show, sent it to your friends or family, and hit the subscribe button. This allows more people to discover Soul Nectar, keeps the show up and running, and lets me know you beautiful people are out there listening. And if you do leave a review, make sure to take a screenshot and send it to nadine at bloomwithnadine.com. And I will personally send a very special gift over your way. Share this episode on Instagram or your other social media handles with your biggest aha moments and takeaways. I'd love to shout you out and hear what resonated with you. Okay, take care and I'll see you in the next episode, my loves. Bye.